It's time for the drive's top four at four. Hour number two of the drive underway here on Fan Run Radio. It's time for your top four at four. For more on that, we send it back to the White Claw Heart Seltzer Studios and Marcus Young. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, we have Tennessee men's basketball taking on Missouri tomorrow at 6 p.m. on the SEC Network. Game will be at Thompson Bowling Arena. Sold out, Thompson Bowling Arena. Missouri has won four of their last five. So they come in here on a bit of a roll. If you're looking for a positive sign for the volunteers, the old ESPN FPI gives Tennessee a 94.5% chance to win. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm not going to say anything because I said something about Vanderbilt last time, so I'm going to just keep my mouth shut, I think. Uh, number two, Oklahoma and Texas agreed to exit the Big 12 Conference after the 2023-2024 season. Oklahoma and Texas have agreed in principle to pay the Big 12 a total of $100 million to join the SEC in 2024. A year earlier than they had originally intended, the conference announced this on Thursday night. Where are they getting a hundred million, like fifty million each? I mean, is that just like amor? What am I trying to say? Amortized against their future earnings with the amortized SEC. Maybe they reached out to like Doctor Evil, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know about all that. Somebody hostage over there. <laughs> they just basically said you can keep the money this year, and we're going on to the SEC. Now the question is, what what are you asking? Did the SEC sweeten the pot to get them to come over? I mean, that money came from somewhere. Well, no, it didn't. They're just not taking their cut of the TV money this year. They were getting $50 million a year? $50 million each. Big 12? Oh, well, they had uh, they had a sweetheart deal. Like, that's how they, yeah. they gave them a bigger slice of the pie just to keep them around, didn't they? Yeah, and then that didn't work. Once it didn't I, know, I saw last year or uh, yesterday, Tennessee, the, the SEC's, distribution was 50 million per school which was down a couple million from from last year um that's because we had two teams in the when that last year we had two teams in the but i think there's a i think they also gave them like some sort of loan against future earnings to make up something the COVID. there's a couple reasons for it but my point was like the sec i'm pretty sure is a even split like they just they pile it together and everybody gets one fourteenth of the pie whereas in the big 12 texas and oklahoma like part of the reason they agreed to stay i'm pretty sure i have to go back and, and check on this but i think like they were getting a much bigger share of big 12 revenues than say iowa state and kansas state and obviously yeah, the that's only all other, going away for them now yeah the only other uh, the sec and believe it or not formula one does it that way it's all equal at number three, stuff. it is Super Bowl weekend this Sunday as the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Currently, the Eagles are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I I feel good about Kansas City. I'm just going to be honest with you. They play at 6.30 p.m. on Fox in Glendale on Sunday. <laughs> what did you just say? Glendale. No. You just you just feel really good about it. Don't I feel I? really good about this game. I feel good about the Eagles. I do too. 
no regular season passing yardage champion, i.e. Patrick Mahomes, has ever won the Super Bowl. Mahomes faces the Eagles' number one pass defense. Um, Those guys are fierce, Russell. There have been two previous instances of the passing yards leader and the top passing defense meeting in a Super Bowl. Each was won by the team with the pass defense. So, Which ones were they? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not. But I think that ten, uh, Tennessee, I, I think that Philly, I, I just feel like it's, it's their time right now. I think they're going to get after Mahomes. And I'm going with the cheesesteaks over the KC barbecue. I'm just going to say a friend of mine had a uh, Uber driver let him know that Casey's going to win it, so I'm going to trust this uh, Uber driver. He had some pretty yeah. good luck in Vegas. Sounds like a sound yeah. methodology. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see who's right, I guess, on Monday. I'll get some lashings if I'm wrong. I'm sure. Uh, and finally, at number four, also in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes wins his second career NFL MVP award, receiving 48 of the 50 first place votes. The other two go into Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts and Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. You also had uh, Giants head coach Dable winning the coach of the year, which I felt was well-deserved. Also, Justin Jefferson winning the AP's Offensive Player of the Year award and Nick Bosa winning Defensive Player of the Year. Huh. All right. Here, here. Thank you, Marcus Young. That is your top four at four. It's brought to you this afternoon by National Rx. It's where we are for another two hours here out in Farragut. And we talk about the men's health products they've got here at National Rx. Of course, Sildenafil is just 50 cents a tablet for our listeners. When you mention Fan Run Radio, they've also got the new nitric oxide supplements available here without a prescription. That's right, an over-the-counter product that has been shown to increase sex drive in both men and women. So... If that's been a problem for you, or if you're just suffering from low energy levels, come check out National Rx and ask them about nitric oxide supplements. You can get a sample pack to just try it and, and see if it increases the quality of your life. You could come take a saliva test for free and see if that's been a problem for you. And then try the sample pack nitric oxide supplements here at National Rx. Find out more Going online to nationalrx.com, you can find their phone number there. Just call down and say, hey, I heard Russell talking about it on Fan Run. Just wanted to know more. Uh, the number, if you can write it down right now, 865-392-1770. Again, you can find it online at nationalrx.com. So setting up our number two here, if you want to jump in, I'm talking about this Tennessee basketball team, what we expect to see out of them tomorrow. Will we see them fight back or will we see the slide continue against Missouri and the SEC set to expand next year in 2024 Texas and Oklahoma will come to the league will go 16 teams it seems like we're going to have three permanent opponents and six rotating conference opponents instead of the six divisional games plus two rotating SEC West games that we've seen for the past couple of years, divisions going away, permanent opponents, not pods. 
subtle difference there coming into play for the SEC. And sounds like it's going to be Kentucky joining Alabama and Vanderbilt as Tennessee's three permanent opponents. That's not chiseled in stone yet, but it certainly feels like that's headed that way. How do you feel about that? And I'm going to ask this question as well. We got plenty of time to get into this. So if you want to jump in, 865-546-8200, your number to get on board. Gentlemen, we were talking about the Super Bowl just now. Right. Has the Super Bowl jumped to the shark? Um, probably, yeah, for being honest. When was the last time the Super Bowl was really cool? I, I mean, listen, I'll, I'll watch. We'll all watch. But, I don't know, it, it's become too big of an event. And um, the the game, unless you have some sort of rooting interest, which I don't have, I don't think much of our audience has. I'm sure We have the, a few Chiefs fans, hardcore Eagles fans out there, and more power to them. But when was the last time you were really into the Super Bowl? Because for me, guys, it's been – Seven years. Really? Going back to uh, 2016 and Super Bowl 50 when the GOAT, Peyton, That's went out one. on top, taking down the Panthers with half an arm. <laughs> that great Broncos defense. Ever since then, I mean, uh, the next year it was the, the Patriots, their epic comeback against the Falcons down there in Houston. But – that was the last time I've really, really been looking forward to this game. Yeah, that would probably be mine as well. Um, just the overall, the whole enchilada, the whole Super Bowl experience. Um, probably the last halftime show, uh, I mean, we've talked about it, Prince and Miami in the rain. Uh, I think after that, it's... Am I, am I the only man in America who has absolutely no interest? I know, I think it's Rihanna or something. I'm not watching no, I, I'm not just, watching like, it at all. I don't, it's, it's nothing against her. It's just I, the, the spectacle is too much for me. I don't care. Um, I'm going to be – we always go somewhere, so I'm going to be driving home, and I'm not recording it. I'm not going back and watching. I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, Bear and I are up on the porch here. Marcus, do you care about the Super Bowl halftime show? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I support Rihanna, but I'm just you not really – support Rihanna. Yeah, I'm, I'm a what, fan what of her. Is, is she what, lacking support? No, it's, it's does she a, need your support? Well, listen, beautiful women always need my support, Russell. Like I, I, have, I don't think that's true. I will. I don't know. I think the last thing they need is your support. No offense, Marcus, but uh, you you come up here on the on the porch with me and Bear. It's okay. We got a rocking chair, well, ice cold glass of lemonade with your name on it. Here's what I'll say. I. I have no interest in the commercials. Like people always want to make the big deal out of the commercials on the Super Bowl. That those stopped being funny a while ago. Yeah, long time ago. I I just don't care about them. Like Sunday, I'll probably go out for dinner with a friend to watch the game, and that way I can just ignore all the stuff that doesn't matter. That's not football. Let's go to the phones. Phil is next on the drive. Good afternoon, Phil. What do you say, David? What's up, Philly? How you bearing the marks on? Doing well. Getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Tennessee basketball tomorrow. A lot going on. Well, I guess we start the Super Bowl. I think Kansas City is at the best quarterback, and that's the reason they're going to win. 
he is pretty good, man. I, I'll say this. If Jalen Hurts leads them to a Super Bowl victory, I think that'll be a pretty cool story, man, for a guy that well, he wasn't run out of Alabama, but he was beaten out for his starting job in college in I didn't think he was going to be a successful NFL quarterback. So not only to establish himself as a starter, but to lead his team to a Super Bowl. And like you saw what they looked like when he was not playing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he'll be a late quarterback if he wins. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it'll be interesting to say. I think it'll be a close game. I think both teams are got the good defenses. And, uh, of course, they got good offenses also. Yeah, I just I don't want to see a stinker. About Brian Dable winning NFL Coach of the Year, and I do think he's he's deserving as well. But man, you got to tip your hat to Sirianni because I think a lot of Jalen Hurts' success is owed to the scheme and the system that they've created around him. Because I I don't think he's a elite passer. I think it's the same things that caused him to get beat out at Alabama still are true. But I think Sirianni has been able to devise a system that accentuates his strengths and mutes his uh, weaknesses. And it's it's pretty impressive that they've been able to make that so successful at the highest level. Yeah, and that's, that's what you're going to start seeing with quarterbacks like that coming into the NFL. And you got to build your team around. There's not many pro-style quarterbacks coming in the NFL. I guess Joe Burrow is the closest thing there is in there now. Yeah, I mean, Hertz is no Mahomes. Like, <laughs> don't get it wrong, man. He's he, he's he's not that good of a passer, but he's a better runner, and he can complete enough passes. They can scheme it up, and he's improved as a thrower to the yeah. point where he is. I mean, that that is a fun offense to watch. It's going to be a interesting game. Only one and a half point betting line there, so should be an entertaining one Sunday. Well. uh, I guess we're going back to when the SEC was created in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky and Vandy and Alabama are three main rivals historically, and that's what what we're going to end up playing. So it works out good for Tennessee, not only from a competitive standpoint, you get to play Kentucky and Vanderbilt every year, but there is a historical tradition aspect to it as well. Yeah, and geographically, it's the – well, I don't know, Tuscaloosa is uh, further away than Athens, Georgia, but uh, uh, historically he played Alabama more, and I, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with it. I'm tired of playing Georgia now anyway. Georgia right now is uh, the elite program in the SEC at this time. Phil, you, you saw what happened to Alabama after Bear left and passed away. Like they, they went through a rough patch there. In the 80s, they were they were still they still had some good years. They won, I guess they shared a championship with us in 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 89, and uh, obviously won it all in 92. But you know they 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 had some ups and downs bef- between Bear and Saban. When Saban hangs it up, like they they are going to take a step back. They just are. Yeah. Um, well, it happens. Tennessee, it happens everywhere. Tennessee can come out looking really down. good in this yeah. thing if Alabama takes a step back. Well, right now, who would ever said this? Tennessee's better Oklahoma and Texas now in football. How about that? I mean, uh, I 10 years from now, fellas, we could be sitting here saying, man, you know, uh, Tennessee, really fortunate that they ended up with the three permanent opponents that they did. 
All right, now let's talk about what the real problem on the hill is right now, and that's uh, Tennessee oh basketball. Oh, dear. Can't be good in everything all the time, all at once, Phil. Something has to be a problem. Well, uh, it's all because of uh, Rick Barnes being stubborn and not uh, using his bench. As he's gotten in this predicament right now. Oh, dear. The man does have three top 100 players, Russell. He does. Yeah, they're not playing. Do you think there's I any think chance? I think different measures now. I think he needs to do something to mix it up because what they're doing now is not working. Do you think there's any chance he does that and he, and he takes the red shirt off somebody and shakes things up a little bit tomorrow, Phil? Or do you think he's just going to kind of, you know, lean into it and, and, and keep pressing harder into what he's been doing? No, he's stubborn. He's going to go down the same road as Philip Fulmer, and then he'll be out of here in two or three years. Mm. Wow. Well, Philip Fulmer won a national championship, as I recall. Yeah, he sure did. But his stubbornness of uh, not having a good staff uh, was his downfall. Uh, Barnes has a pretty good staff. I mean, that's not the problem here, is it? No, it's not the problem. They've got they got enough players to be better than they are. They're not using them. And they got good recruits coming in next year. I mean, uh, Barnes has got good players, but the problem is you're going to start seeing he's had a lot of attrition the last two or three years, uh, and it's starting to – we, we don't have good debt because of it. I mean, look at it. Who do you put in the starting lineup for Triple J tomorrow, Phil? Oh, that's a good question. We're, we're, we don't have much depth at guard because he refuses to play people. So, uh, I would start I would start a dude at the, at the five and, and uh, walk up to four. And uh, Phillips. Uh, Vascovi and uh, ZZ. So you're putting Camel on the bench. Yeah, and then he'd be the first one off the bench, along wow. with uh, Mayshack and Key. I guess that's that's going to play about seven anyway, dude. Well, you're also going to play. You're also probably won't play much this thing because Missouri don't even have a big guy. Yeah, this is not a very, a very good Urosh game. I don't know if it's a good Adu game either. Quite frankly, Phil. No. They do have one seven-footer, though, that's out of place. Maybe you can put a do out there on him when he comes in the game. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested. Like, what, do you try to match up with them and go a little bit smaller so you can keep up with them as they try and force the tempo a little bit? Or do you go big and try and take them out of the uh, their game and dictate the terms to them that way? Well, if you do that, then uh, I guess you'll have to have uh, – Kamwa and Awaka playing the five and the four. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just do what it, you're going to try both, most likely, Phil, and see what uh, you got to go with whatever's more successful there. But um, it's 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 going to be interesting. Uh, this, this is it. Gates at uh, Mizzou, yeah, the new coach there. He's yeah, he's good. He kind of like he's kind of like Bruce Pearl a little bit the way he plays. Hey, yeah, he stepped in there. 
there to a moribund program that had just been down through a couple of different coaches, not all Conzo's fault. I mean, Kim Anderson wasn't anything to write home about, and uh, the guy there before wasn't any good, and um, and he's just sort of stepped in there and got them at least looking respectable and playing an exciting style right away. Yeah, well, the key of the game tomorrow is Tennessee's got to take the ball right to Kobe Brown. He's their best player. Get him in foul trouble, that's how you beat him. It's that simple if Barnes has got a brain. Plus Who do you put on him tomorrow, that we, we, want, we want to see. Play him because, like you said earlier in the show, it's, 20, it's 23 now. You People don't just come over here to be red-shirted. It's play, play your damn bench. See you. <laughs> He's hot. Who are so, you putting uh, on, Kobe? Phil talked himself into a lather there by the end. Yeah, he was he was getting hot. Have another beer, Phil. Uh, it, it, here's the thought. Here, here, here's something that struck me on my walk today, Bear. It's a beautiful day for a walk, by the way. And Rex kind of hinted at this, maybe a little uh, more directly and, and blunt than, than I will right here. But, you know, Rick Barnes is 68. He's not going to be coaching here 10 years. We had the, you know, 10 years down the road, are we going to be sitting here with Josh Heupel ruling the roost? I don't think any of us expect Rick Barnes to be coaching at 78, right? No. I mean, he's pretty sharp. He's in good shape. He's a young No, but he's also got kids and grandkids. and. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing it for 10 years. So, you know, what's the, what, what's the succession plan here? And I do wonder, and I don't necessarily want this to happen, but I, I think it's something that he's got to consider, you know, even if he wouldn't admit to it publicly is, Hey man, whether it's after this year or after next year, if things go badly this year, I mean, I think you really consider it. It's like, is it time to step away? Is it time to step away before it gets ugly? And, you know, and, and we have a situation like we had with Conzo, like we had with Buzz Peterson, like we had with Jerry green, like we've seen so many times here through the years, or, because if he walk, if he were to walk away, whether it's after this season or after next season, soon. Couple things. First of all, the job has never been more valuable here at Tennessee. So, from our perspective as as fans who just want to see a peaceful, orderly, and successful transfer of power, sure. like. Never been a better time to go out and do a coaching search right now. No sanctions, good roster, good culture, facilities, commitment from the administration, enthusiastic fan bases. All the boxes are checked. It's going to be a great job. None of the Blue Bloods are looking for coaches. Tennessee would be by far, I don't even know what other jobs are open this year, right? Tennessee by far would be the best job out there. Yeah, but... Man, at the end of the day, it's it's a crapshoot. How many times have we seen we we've seen guys get hired? Oh, that's a bear. We've we've that's never. A, that's an incredible hire. I'm not talking just about here. I'm talking anybody. We we've, we've never, and I don't think anybody. Name me a a team recently that is hired from a a position of strength like Tennessee would in the next year or two. I don't think you can do it. No, I'm just kind of. I think this is a, a – I can't believe we're having this conversation. Well, I, I mean, it's 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 out there. It's been brought up. 
We've had it before. And I, I just think that it, it's something that he, he's got to be thinking about in, in the back of his mind. I, I know he says, oh, you know, I don't think about it. And the day I don't want to, you know, come to the gym, that's the day. I, oh, that, that's just he's a great storyteller. He's great communicating with the media. That's what he said. He's thinking about it. We all think about it, man. I, I'm, I'm 42 and I'm thinking about retirement, like, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. But we all think about, you know, the retirement life. And I'm sure he is as well as close as he is to it. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. What's that? He is, I, I know that he feels a ton of responsibility for his assistants, not just the three full-time assistants, but, you know, he's got the guys, the other guys in suits that sit with him on the, on the bench, the, the operations folks, the trainers, there's a whole you know, staff, support system, probably 20, 30 people over there that depend on him for his job that, and let's be honest, he's he's not going to just get to choose his successor. And if we are hiring from a position of strength, you're going to hire a new guy. He's going to want to come in here and bring in all his own people. That's going to be bad news for the people that are already over there, right? It's harsh reality of the business. It is what it is. But Rick Barnes at 68 right now, being re as respected as he is in the game, an elder statesman of the game, He's still in a position now where he could help all those people who he loves genuinely. He could help them all find jobs, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's the case, if if he waits until, like, he, he has to leave. I just don't envision a scenario where he'd have to. Oh, I do. I do. I mean, it's it's college sports, man. I mean, you, you flame out this year, come back next year, expectations, flame out again. Yeah, it, it gets ugly, man. It gets ugly. I could see it. It happened in Texas. It's already happened to him. It absolutely could happen. I, I don't even think it's that unlikely, quite frankly. So just something to think about. I, again, I, I'm not saying that I, for one, hope it happens at the end of this year or even at the end of next year. Like you said earlier, man, I would rather see him go on a run here and have everybody eating out of the palm of his hand again, want him to stick around for a couple of more years and go on a nice run of, you know, multiple championships, multiple Final Fours and all, all that stuff. But Oh, for sure. He's he's 68, man. I mean, like, the, the end is nigh. Just is what it is. So you, you had uh, to be I think thinking the only about reason, stuff. Yeah, but if, if, if we hadn't gone through this little whatever we're going through right now, this slump. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about this. No, of course not. But we are going through it, and it it could get very rough here. So, uh, just looking down, looking looking down the pike, trying to anticipate what's coming. And thought it was a interesting thought there by Rex at the end of hour number one. We got to take a quick time out, folks. Stay with us. Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. If you want to jump in here this afternoon, 546-8200, your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We're back with more right after this. The Docket, brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro Attorneys. Michael Irvin has filed a $100 million defamation lawsuit against Marriott International and a female employee who accused him of misconduct. NFL Network pulled Irvin from its Super Bowl coverage this week after the allegations surfaced. The Hall of Fame 
former Cowboys wide receiver, told the Dallas Morning News on Wednesday that he had a brief interaction with his accuser in the lobby of the Renaissance Phoenix downtown hotel where he was staying. Per the lawsuit that was obtained by the Dallas News, Irvin accuses Marriott of trying to, quote, have him canceled. Irvin seeks damages for defamation and wrongfully interfering with a business relationship. He denies any wrongdoing in the interaction and told uh, the Dallas Morning News Wednesday that he is, quote, baffled by the accusation. Irvin's accuser has not been identified, goes by Jane Doe in the lawsuit filed by Irvin yesterday. Huh. Nature of the allegation is unclear. Phoenix police told Dallas News on Wednesday that there has been no criminal complaint filed against Irvin. But, um, <laughs> you know, none of us know, obviously, what happened here. But the playmaker's obviously pretty upset right here, Bear. I mean, they pulled him off his, his job. I understand, like, if, if he is being falsely accused, as he claims, um, he's definitely entitled to some damages, I would say. Well, yeah, Miss Bissell. I mean, he may have been pulled off the game, but let's be honest. I mean, this is the kind of thing that could be career-ending. Guys are going to start doing this more and more, man. If if indeed, uh, you know, you live in such a litigious society and people are always quick to try and get theirs. I mean, if you make these false accusations, I think you should have some repercussions. I don't know. He's going to get a hundred million dollars, but it might be one of those things where he's willing to settle for substantially less. Yeah, uh, but it'll also more so just to clear his good name. That and I think that will do hopefully more than anything at curbing false accusations. Is it? And I don't know. <laughs> Does Michael Irvin have a good name? He liked nose beers a lot, Russ. He liked them a lot back in the day. He liked the candy. I I don't know. I mean. He was Michael Irvin, the U. I just remember when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame. He said he wore his gold jacket for like a week, like it's the master's jacket or something. Well, yeah. He said he was, he said he was out partying that night, and he came back to the hotel room, and he said he took everything off but the jacket, and he's getting in bed. He slept in the jacket? And he said, yeah, he, and he took everything off except for the jacket. And he said his wife was in the bed. She says, you are not getting in that in this bed like that. And he said, oh, yes, I am. And yes, he did. <laughs> he slept in his jacket. Wow. Mitt's up there with the master's jacket. What would you rather have if you could only have one of those two jackets? Oh, that gold jacket. I don't know, man. I green jacket's more iconic maybe more iconic but if you, you got a gold jacket you're one of the immortals there are there are fewer masters champions than there are hall, hall of fame members right i don't care man you get a bust and oh this, this I mean, is that's, that's an award question. for your this is a great poll question we're, we're here putting I, this poll the field I'm, I'm telling you right now here, here's the deal the masters is an event the hall of fame is is your your life that's a life achievement put put me in that that's saying that you were better than almost everybody else that ever, you know, you're one of the immortals in the game. Here, here's the thing, though. You can, like, I, I know you're not as big a golf guy, but there are guys who've won the Masters who are not household names. But, but they are because they won that one tournament. 
Larry yeah, I, Mott, I, I get that. I'm Sandy not Lyle, Zach Johnson. I, I mean, uh, it's 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 up there, man. I mean, there's you know, to me, the Masters is more comparable to. I I don't know. There there's nothing to compare to it. It's the Masters, dude. It's probably the the greatest, you know, individual sport championship you can win. I think the what I naturally compare it to. You may laugh at this if you do. That's fine. You just being you. But to me, it, uh, it's similar like the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Well, here's the thing, though. It's it's auto racing, and I know it's a different brand of auto racing. But you've got the Indy Five Hundred. You've got the Daytona Five Hundred. You've got you know uh, whatever it is in F one Monaco. What you know whatever the the crown jewel is in golf it's the masters there are three other majors but they ain't the masters yeah so i don't i I think it's kind of apples to oranges is what i'm trying to say no they're both jackets (laughs) at the end of the day it's they're both blazers we're trying to decide which one is is the are there any other iconic blazers you can win i think those are the only two right i believe so what about jim nance's tie (laughs) it's Coming well, in, I mean, this is his last tie he's given that's out. That's just in a category by itself. I mean, that nothing compares to that. We're just. I mean, I, I had dreams of us winning it all, and, yeah. and watching Euros Plasovich with Jim Nance's tie wrapped around his head. <sighs> Man, the dream lives on. Meanwhile, authorities in Palm Coast, Florida, have arrested a man who's they say broke into a convenience store, took a few items. How do you think they found him, Bear? What do you think this genius did to give away the I don't know. I mean, over the years on the docket, there have been so many different ways that people have been caught by leaving something in a crime scene, Marcus, including, I believe, a thumb or something, or a digit, a finger at one one of these stories. So I I don't even – I can't even begin to – I mean, his phone? No, close. He left behind his debit card. Left his debit card. Now, that's pretty dumb. I will give it to this guy. Like, if it's me, again, I'm no criminal mastermind. I leave my debit card at the scene. I'm probably like, okay, you got me. It's how did he? It's on me. I'm an idiot. Whatever. This guy's going down to the ship, man. He is playing his last card. He says that he left the debit card there on purpose. Mind you, he broke into this place after hours, right? Right. But he tells the authorities he left the debit card on purpose, quote, so that he could come back and pay later. What did he steal? In the video, he says, quote, I didn't want to steal anything, you know. That's against the law. Deputies responded to an alarm at a closed Palm Coast gas station in the early morning of February 5th. Store owners showed deputies the surveillance video. They also located a debit card with the suspect's name on it on the counter uh at up front deputies actually recognized the man from the video from a vehicle fire near a gas station earlier that night i don't know maybe maybe he really did just like no russell maybe not he's a damn thief well do we know for sure yes okay come on now guys what what how about this what, what is it is it still if you if you go in and you buy a candy bar and you leave 20 bucks on the is it still theft 
you go in after hours? Like, how do, how do you square that one? I mean, it's still wrong. It's you're not theft, but you're, you're breaking and entering at that point. You are breaking, you're breaking the law. Yeah, I guess so. That's uh, that's what you can't get around there. You're breaking and entering into someone's property that does not belong to you. Granted, it's frowned upon, but he left his debit card there. I mean, they could have. I'd be a lot more willing to cut whatever. slack if 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 you if you you know you did that and you left twenty dollars and you. You know, you said took a 12-pack of Bud and two candy bars. Look, I, I took some items here. This is what he, he should have left a note. He said, look, uh, apologies, store owner. Could You weren't here, had to get a couple things. Here's my debit card. Go ahead and charge it for these items and whatever it costs to replace the lock I broke. See, I Get got yourself a, something nice. I got a better one. I got a better option here. Okay. Drive down call, the street and go to a store that's open. Well, if you leave if you leave the card there, you realize it. Call the bank as if you lost your debit card. Dude, they've they've got camera. Did what? they have him on camera, Russ? Yes. He could deny it. Can't uh, deny that's camera. Not me. Is that's that not, you? That's no. not me. We just go full Nathan Therm. I've I lost my debit what do you card. Mean? That's I've not been me. looking for it. I've been looking for it for me. days. I don't think that's going to work any better than whatever crazy story this guy's cooked up. Wow. That is the docket brought to you by Fox and Farmer. They're the car wreck pro attorneys. Over 100 years of combined experience, the attorneys at Fox and Farmer have, helping East Tennesseans just like you get the settlements they deserve. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So what do you got to lose? Give them a call today. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation. 865-531-9400 is their number. That's 531-9400. They're online at foxandfarmer.com. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you Fox and Farmer bringing us the docket every afternoon here on The Drive. Let's get a phone call from Diablo. Good afternoon, Diablo. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I hope you're looking forward to a great Big Orange and Super Bowl weekend. And speaking about jackets, I figure if I wait long enough, I can probably get O.J. Simpson's, Ray Lewis's, or Michael Irvin's gold jacket on eBay eventually. Although the green jacket, I don't think I've never seen it on eBay. No. I ain't going to see a gold jacket on eBay, man. I don't give a damn whose it is. It has to be pretty broke. Speaking of that, so you mentioned these gentlemen, Michael Irvin, uh, What's your thoughts on Pete Rose not being in the Hall of Fame in baseball and these guys being in the football Hall of Fame? Well, Pete Rose bet on baseball. Is there anybody who is betting on their sport, alleged game fixing going on in football? Well, with FanDuel and everything going on, you know, I, I've got to guess that, yeah, they just not caught them yet. But shoot, we got officials that bet on sports now. But we had, uh, and Calvin Ridley got suspended for an entire season for just betting on games. Like, I, I don't think there was any allegation that he, you know, tried to affect the outcome of a game. Just having an account and, and gambling on games, which is, and here's the thing, it, it gets back to this, this is why I don't have much sympathy for Pete Rose, is it's not like this is some obscure rule. To us as fans, we're like, oh, I could see how they could make that mistake. No, no. Not in that world. There, in every locker room, in baseball, Major League Baseball, for years, there's signs about you do not gamble on baseball. You don't do it. It's punishable by uh, permanent banning from the game. If you get caught, 
You are banned. No questions asked. Same thing in football. It's why Calvin Ridley was so dumb doing it. And you're probably right, Diablo. I bet there are lots of guys in professional sports with FanDuel accounts, and they like to wager little money, and they're probably not doing anything nefarious to affect the outcome of a game. But if you get caught, you only got yourself to blame. Well, at least at least Russell, when uh, Pete was betting on my understanding, he's always betting on the Reds to win, so at least he was uh, – proactive for his team and his management skills hey change that's what he says i mean he said for years that it was all a lie that he never gambled on baseball and he backed off that oh yeah but i only bet on my team to win you really believe him we're gonna believe pete rose at this point uh i just maybe he did maybe he didn't but nobody can know for sure because he's such an unworthy or uh untrustworthy source yeah hey uh russell the other day when I called in, I started to broach the subject. And, again, it's no disrespect to Coach Barnes. I have the utmost respect for him. But when I called in the other day and, and started talking and hinting around about, you know, the end of the career and going to the house and stuff, you guys kind of got upset and thought I was opening up a can of worms. And that was not my intention at all. I'm just looking out outside, what, like you said, four or five years. You know, I don't know when the man's going to retire, but at some point he is. And then, and like you said, and, and you and Bear did a non- wonderful job. He has made our product stellar, very, very sellable program now. Uh, Danny, uh, Danny White should have no problem looking for an ideal set of candidates. And that's all I was asking about is who would be an ideal candidate in your mind once Rick Barnes decides to hang it up. Not that we're pushing him out the door, but at some point he is going to go to the house. So I'll throw my I'll throw my nominee out here, and you all can holler at it and champion it or whatever. But I've always been a Kelvin Sampson fan and think that he would love to get into a Power 5 conference. Just my thoughts. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to hang up and let you go and let you mull over a few things. But uh, appreciate all you do and have a great weekend. Thank you, Diablo. Appreciate See, the phone call. I mean, he, he... There's only one problem with Kelvin Sampson as far as having an opportunity to be in a Power 5 conference, Diablo. He's had that opportunity. Yeah. Twice twice and he got caught breaking ncaa rules both times he's a great coach there's no doubt about that there's a reason he's at houston i don't think he ever gets another power five like you you get nice caught he's at the right time breaking the rules you know you, you get another chance you get second chances uh, especially this day and age when those rules violations aren't looked at quite as harshly as they used to but he got caught twice doing essentially the same thing. Yeah, he the, just doesn't care. It, it, Kelvin Sampson was the <laughs> – that's where the term burner phone came from, as I recall. He um, he was he was a uh, pioneer. There track might be, phones. I, I don't know. Maybe he wins enough to where there's a, a school that would take a chance on him one more time, and he's got to be getting older anyway. Yeah. But I, I, I would be stunned if it's Tennessee. Yeah. I, I do want to interject here, though, that Rick Barnes saved our basketball program. Whether or not you want to talk about his record in March or whatever, but we were on the brink of. I don't think anybody disputes that. So, I don't know. He's he's earned a lot of respect and good faith. And I know people call in and say he's very well compensated, and he is. There's a lot of places that he could have he could have ended up. So, I don't know. I appreciate the job he's done. And I'm not, like I said, 
I'm wanting to see him to get it turned around and us make a run here and shock the world. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm not gonna live in my I'm gonna live in my hopes, not my fears, Russ. Let's take a quick time to see if you're singing the same tune. If Missouri comes in here and puts an L on us tomorrow, see see what you're striking that same I'll tune, that same tone on voluntary reaction tomorrow night. Probably yeah, you know not. what uh, that Diablo guy is making a lot of sense. You know, Kelvin Sampson's uh, he's he's probably learned his lesson by now, right? No. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. The, the drive. drive. Back here on the drive, Fan Run Radio. Russell and Bear cruising with you here on a Friday afternoon, live today at National Law Action Fair. Get wrapping up our number one, number two of the show. Getting behind of myself. There we have one more hour headed your way here till 6 p.m. Overtime uh, coming up. Maybe if they don't get locked out of the building. What the heck was going on over at Fan Run earlier today, Bear? Guys can't get in. Uh, no midday shows. Either uh, one of. Yeah, hold on, I can refer you to. Uh, apparently, there wasn't an edition of Get Blitz today. I don't know if they got blitzed or what. Um, Inexcusable. But the statement from show host John Reed of Talk Sports at 12:01 p.m. today was: "I have misplaced my wallet, and that's on me." Cam is out of town, so that's on him. Cody has never been given a card because I don't know if we can trust him in there after hours. I mean, nobody could come down. That seems like a very flimsy excuse. Uh, he me. also tweeted out, I am embarrassed to inform the fans that there will be no talk sports today on Super Bowl Friday when the SEC is officially changing because Cody and I are locked out of the studio. There's, a, there's only like a dozen other people that have keys that could have come and let them in. I, I will say, for the record. I did let style, them know but... that I could get down here and let them in, and they had already called it. They had already called it. You know, those man, those guys are they're very temperamental, man. They're, they're true artists, Russ. Doesn't sound to me like they moved heaven and earth to find somebody to come and let them in the studio today. I'm just saying, it, it sounds like they were very easily discouraged from coming into work. Both of those shows, man. unexcused absences. Here, that's, I mean, what, the, yeah, I mean, what is call you're doing down there at the ten at, at ten a.m. And it's not ten a.m. slot. That's that's pretty much gravy. You can get to work by ten a.m. and still stay up late. Pretty surprised at the results of this second poll question this afternoon. If you could only have one jacket, which would you choose? A Masters green jacket or an NFL Hall of Fame gold jacket? 90 votes cast on uh, Twitter right now. 76% of the audience says the Masters. It's a tradition like none other, Bear. The rolling hills of Augusta. It's coming up for us. Did you see uh, Tiger tweeted out today that he's going to be playing in the PGA event next week? Fantastic. I got a friend who was just out at the one. Uh, he got to watch the practice round the other day. Where are they at? The Waste Management out in Phoenix? 
Yeah. The big one. They've got like this massive golf tournament going on, the Super yeah, Bowl. It's going on right now. Yeah. It's a good one. Everything. He said it was a wild, wild scene out there. Oh, yeah. Between us. Let's say notoriously raucous PGA stop. M.M. Uh, Whitwell says, I'll take the one that doesn't require brain damage. That is a good point. Yeah, I, I saw that one. That, that, one's, that one's pretty good. So. That's pretty good. Eight, I'll six, still five. go with the gold jacket myself, though. Five four six eight two zero zero. your number to get on board this afternoon. Looking ahead to a big hour three. Let's finish this thing strong, gentlemen. We'll start with Marcus Young in the top five at five. Brought to you by our good friends right here at National Rx. When we continue, oh, it's payday. Just got a payday bar here. Stay with us. Hour number three coming up. 